Well, good afternoon, all you crazy cats out there. Uh, this is um, Fandom Talk, and I am joined, um, as I often am, with our wonderful um, co-host and editor-in-chief of the Fandom Correspondence, Mr. Jacob Hardesty. Jacob, how are you? I'm doing very well, Al. Yourself? I am doing fantastic. And as um, Jacob has teased for you just now, my name is Al. Um, we're also known um, as Red Lanyard here at Fandom Correspondence. And we do um, a little podcast show called the Star Wars EU or EU Review, where we talk about um, all kinds of Star Wars stories, um, uh, both uh, the old canon and new canon. Uh, we do books, comics, um, shows, whatever is to your enjoyment. And we talk about those stories. Uh, we talk about if we like them. We talk about um, the impact they've had on on Star Wars at various uh, points in time. Um, and we just kind of um, are nerds and talk about Star Wars because Star Wars is really cool. Um, so today is a very special episode uh, for everybody out there because today... Here in um, June 2023, the year of our Lord, mm. um, we are starting our annual summertime event for the Star Wars show that we are now rebranding to Sith Lord Summer. Mm. Because as you'll find out, all Sith Lords are just hot girls trying to have a summer. <laughs> and <laughs> and to bring in <laughs> and to bring in this event this year. Uh, we thought we would do uh, one of the trilogies um, of Ode Canon books, and we have chosen the Darth Bane trilogy. Um, arguably one of the more um, popular and more s significant um, sets of books um, in the Ode Canon um, of Star Wars stuff. So we're covering uh, the whole trilogy this month, uh, the first book. Um, in June, and then um, in July we're covering uh, the second book, Rule of Two, and then um, in August we are covering uh, the final book called uh, Dynasty of Evil. So um, you guys have a um, a cool little reading guide to kind of guide you through the event this summer. But um, we are starting with the, uh, the first book um, called Darth Bane, Path of Destruction. It is written by um, Drew Karpishin. I believe I'm saying that right. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it's written by Drew Carpishan. And um, for anybody who does not know who Darth Bane is, which is totally understandable, um, especially if you're relatively new to Star Wars, uh, which if you are, great. Um, the gate's wide open, so come on in. Um, Darth Bane is an Ode canon. Technically, I guess he also qualifies um, as being in the new canon as well, I guess. Um but primarily associated with Ode Cannon stuff. Um, he was a Sith Lord who operated in the era of Star Wars canon known as the Ode Republic. Um, you might have heard of um, a series of video games in the past called um, The Knights of the Ode Republic. Um, this story specifically takes place around about 1,000 years before the events of A New Hope, I want to say. Um, I so. where, yeah. uh, the timestamp is. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're about a thousand years out from A New Hope. So um, if this basically tells a story of the rise of one of these Hith Lords known as Darth Bane, because as we um, see within the books, uh, the Sith did not used to just be master and apprentice uh, way back, way back when. 
Um, there used to be an entire empire, entire army's worth of Sith who struggled against the Jedi um, in kind of continuous wars and conflicts. And um, um, and actually, the Darth Bane story tells the story of how the Sith went from a huge, huge empire, vast structure of dark side users down to just um, a, what is known as the rule of two. Um, always a master and always an apprentice. So we are going to explore that journey this summer. We've taken our first step with reading um, Path of Destruction. Um, and we're going to jump right into it after that very uh, brief kind of um, skimming over a lot of the details introduction right there. So, um, Jacob, I will toss this first one over to you. Um, a question we often start with whenever we talk about uh, the more s s significant um, stories um, over the history of Star Wars. Um, so, Jacob, what did you know about uh, the Darth Bane trilogy? Um, what did you know about the Darth Bane um, who he was as a character and kind of the s significance of the role he played within kind of the lore of the greater um, Star Wars world. So it's it's funny that we made the decision to cover this for this summer because there have been at least two moments on the podcast where we have hinted towards it already. Uh, one being when we were talking about Star Wars Celebration and uh, me and Josh got into an argument of if Darth Bane was actually part of the novelization of the Phantom Menace, which he is, um, which was uh, our our good our good friend Johnny Marvel's favorite moment of that entire podcast. By the way, um, <clears throat> these are the truly truly deep cuts you can expect when we it's <laughs> when true. come hang out with us. It's true. Um, but also, it's it's really interesting what we chose to read Darth Plagueis in, was it April, I think? Yeah, because it yes, was... Sir. Yes, sir. Yes. We chose to read it in April because, honestly, Plagueis and Palpatine talk a lot about Bane. Um, and mm -hmm. so so I knew, I knew him from... <clears throat> excuse me. I knew him from, in the sense of people referencing him because I, I knew that he was the one who started the rule of two. So he started the, the master and apprentice um, kind of style. Um, although we learn in this, that he wasn't the one that started it, but was the one that basically perfected it for a lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. um, or, well, we might see next month in the second book. <laughs> no, we might just <laughs> tease. <Well>, the, um, <laughs> the only other thing I knew about him was, of course, he shows up, in season six of the Clone Wars, um, very briefly, voiced by Mark Hamill of all people, by the way, incredible, uh, and uh, and he shows up like it's a, it's his holocron ghost that's haunting Yoda or something. That the whole arc is weird, but it has some really cool moments, um, and that's one of them. Uh, so I knew him from that, and then of course I knew him from. Uh, well, Star Wars miniatures, because if you had Darth Bane, um, you were you were in trouble because um, Darth Bane had a lot of. Um, well, one, you, you can't hurt him uh, or it's really difficult to hurt him because as we I, I'm assuming we will see in few in either the second or third book, he gets a certain armor 
that basically can't um, you can't hit him with a lightsaber, which mm. is just cheating at that point. By the way, mm. I don't care what anyone says sure. in that game. Sure. Um, um, if I have if I have my information right, I believe that armor is um, our friend Josh Hardesty's just his absolute favorite thing in Star Wars lore. Um, I believe is the armor of Darth Vader. It, it's one of them. I know that. <laughs> it's, it's one of them. Also, also the hormones of Prince Zizor, but that's that's a topic for another day. That's true. Yeah, those, those two things. <laughs> Go listen to the Shadows of the Empire podcast, everybody. Um, <laughs> no, the um, I'm trying to think. I think that's about it. Well, I okay. I knew what the Battle of Rusan was. Um, mm, so, gotcha. so I knew what the the finale of this book was going to be. Um, because I knew why he started the rule of two, but I didn't know, or I guess technically how we started the rule of two, however you want to word Mm -hmm. it. Um, but I didn't know how we got there. I didn't know what, I don't know what happens after. Like we are, after this, we are officially past everything I know about the character. Um, so, so yeah, I'm. I'm very intrigued to continue in the, in the next two books. Um, but yeah, that's a that's about what I knew of Bane is kind of just secondary, even tertiary knowledge from other characters and other writings, basically. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm about the same. I didn't know a, a whole lot of Darth Bane. The majority of what um, I knew about Darth Bane, again, was his brief appearance in the Clone Wars, um, which um, was strange and then um also just uh, the various references to him and like um other star wars comics and books that i had read um so i didn't know a whole lot um, about him um he is an interesting character um with his inclusion um in season six of the clone wars he is one of those characters that technically um has has kind of crossed over from the old canon into the new i mean mm-hmm. he's there he's he, he is a part of the story um now whether all of the specifics that we find um in in this trilogy over the next couple of months um apply t- to all of the new stuff you know that kind of um remains t- to be seen um still kind of remains t- to be seen if um if disney is going to do anything else at all with darth bane in general um, but, um, I think the next like t- two or three years is going to be like really, really interesting, um, f- for Star Wars as far as, uh, uh, well, just kind of in general, but also specifically as far as where a lot of the, um, EU old Republic stuff, um, lies as far as, um, uh, what gets brought into the new and what is not, but, um, so we'll see, but, um, yeah, um, I knew he was a very big deal um, when it comes to to the dark side and to like and to um, the big bads, if you will, in Star Wars. Um, a lot of times, it really comes down to um, to Palpatine, um, as far as like the main evil. And um, a lot of times it comes down to Darth Bane, um, even though we see in this that like uh, he also had his influences. It's kind of one of those things where like when you try to investigate uh, the influences on like your favorite band, 
like it becomes interesting to go back a certain amount of years but if you go back far enough it all eventually leads back to like elvis and like the elvin underground and howlin wolf and guys like that um it all it all eventually goes back to Darth Ravon at the end of the day, but um, it's cool to kind of like see that progression of time. So, um, so um, yeah, I will tell you one thing, Jacob, as far as the significance of these books go, I'm interested to see if you've had kind of a similar experience. When I started my journey into reading um, a lot of the expanded universe Star Wars stuff a couple years ago, um, there were two primary trilogies that people always asked me when I was going to read. Um, the first one, as I'm sure everybody who knows anything about um, the EU um, can probably guess, is on the Thrawn trilogy, of course. Mm -hmm. And then, um, however, the second one people would always, um, almost without fail, would always ask me about is oh well have you read the darth bane trilogy it's pretty important um and so uh this is my first time through these books i'm really intrigued to get through them all to see um where that kind of argument and um, impression is coming from um because i mean these books are a really big deal um these are usually the books that a lot of people have read these are ones that people often like hold up as an example of just like see how see how wonderful things were in the old canon <laughs> before nonsense like female Jedi came about. Uh, let's go back to the old <laughs> days. Um, <laughs> that was a satirical impression for anybody out there who couldn't tell. But um, so I'm a very intrigued. I'm a very intrigued to see what these books continue to hold. But um, for right now, uh, we're just talking about book one. A path of destruction and so uh, jacob you sent me a text that i thought was really really f funny and appropriate when you first started reading this book and to um kind of introduce the new topic of what do you think of um our main character uh darth bane i would like you to share the contents of that text with the greater audience. Please. Okay, hang on. I'm, ass I'm assuming <laughs> it's his favorites of everything. Is that what you're... No, I am referring to um, who you compared him to um, as far as how he describes on the planet he was born on. Oh, I see. Okay, I sent it directly to you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I do okay. this now. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, <laughs> uh, because of, for anyone who does not know, um, the story opens up, um, after a very brief introductory chapter, the story opens up on Darth Bane, uh, who at the time is, um, um, is not, um, is the Lord at the time. Um, he is like a young adult, I think he's like 18 or 19 yeah. years old. I would, I would say, yeah. And, and he's on a planet that is, um, I like to compare the planet that Bane starts out on as one of those Amazon towns, essentially. <laughs> um, every, every couple of years or so, the idea gets floated by of just like, what if we had an entire city that was owned and run by Amazon? 
And I'm going to start using the beginning of this book as an example of why that's a horrible idea. <laughs> um, Al, I am so sorry. I, I cannot find this text and I can't remember it's what okay. I said. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'll go into it because I remember it exactly. Okay. Because um, uh, I already had this book. And so I read it uh, before you had a chance to. And so I thought it was very appropriate because you texted me one day that uh, that Darth Bane talks about his home planet the way that Prison Mike talks about prison. <laughs> <laughs> Which is perfect. I love that you're cracking up at yourself right now. This is great. <laughs> because the way Bane explains the planet that he's on... <laughs> gives you the impression that if like if there is a hell in the star wars universe <laughs> it is this planet that is owned and operated by a mining company <laughs> oh man yeah but, oh, um, i'm i'm sorry i i completely forgot okay. about that <laughs> it's okay uh with that introduction um please take me through what you thought of kind of the um early years of darth bane's life uh before yes. he joined uh, before um, he joined the academy. Um. Yeah. So no, I mean it's it's interesting, you know, because he, because you know he throughout the book, you know, uh, you know, and throughout the story, he, no one really is on his side. He he wants to be a comedian, and then eventually, um, he goes on a live <laughs> television uh, performance and kills Robert De Niro's character. It's true. Then starts a clown rebellion in Gotham City, which is really weird. Wait, my bad. I've skipped it's up true. the notes. Excuse it's me. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. That's completely um, accurate. There's a character in this book called Robert De Niro, and it's, it's, just, it's just him. No, in, in all honesty, no. He. Dessel. So, so, the, so the character's name is. De, uh, I can't remember if you said his name is. Uh, Bane does not. It starts out as Dessel. That is his right, own right. name. Um, or Dez, if you he will. is a or Dez, yeah, and he is a like you said, like late teen, young adult. Like I, I put him at maybe eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. Okay, and um, basically, like his his father died last year, and the way that this hellscape of a planet apparently <laughs> works, um, his father's debt. Then, then is given to him to work off as well. Plus the debt that he already accrues from the living quarters and from eating, um, which is a weird mix of Bane's origin in the, in, the, in DC comics, as in the Batman villain. Sure. And also, uh, the Black Mirror episode with Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a weird mix of those two things. Absolutely. Uh, and if that whole idea of, you know, a person dies and so all of their debt goes on to their next of kin, if that sounds just like over the top, like horror fueled and awful and stuff, um, then boy, boy, do I have some things to tell you about how hospitals work uh, <laughs> um, in the country of America. But that's or a different day. A, a different day. Yeah, definitely a, diff a different day. Yeah. Um but but yeah, so he um, so he keeps working in the in the 
Cortosis Mines. Hmm. Wonder, wonder, wonder if that buzzword's going to come up later. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, he's working these mines. And <laughs> I love when we tease our audience. It makes it very playful. Of course. You know, they have to tune in for the next episode to see. Cause, but here's the thing. Uh, it could just be a really long tease because I have no idea if it happens in the next book. Or well, we'll, <laughs> see. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll uh, see. No, it's... Um, <laughs> um, so he's working in the mines and just... All all that there is on this planet is apparently is the... Is you either work to refine the cortosis, which is a mineral that then goes into the armor for the Republic... Versus the who are taking on the Sith. Um, whoa, wonder, wonder, wonder what we're going to learn about them later. Oh um, boy! And then there is also you can go home and you can sleep um, if you want to. If you want to, or you can go to the single tavern on apparently on. I don't know if it's the only one on the planet, but I know it's the only one within walking distance of where Dessel lives. Okay. Right. Um. I think it's the only one on the planet. Is it really? I really think it is. I think he says that. Yeah, I think it's like... <laughs> as, as a former bartender, that's terrifying. What if they all go there at the same time? Yeah, imagine. And, 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 and like, uh, the, 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 the worst The worst part about prison was the Dementors. <laughs> <laughs> um, and is, is it Groshik, I think is his name? Yes. The 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 tavern owner. That, yeah, that's the approximation. Yeah, that's, approximation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So he basically, he basically is like Dessel's only kind of friend. Um. And what ends up happening is apparently, oh, crap. Okay, I'm trying to remember the order. Oh yeah, actually no, I remember now. So yeah, so you're getting to learn about Dessel, and then all of a sudden. A a brutal like prison style fist fight breaks out just in the like four pages in, um, and you know you get this hint that uh, oh Dessel knows whenever they're about to strike ahead of time whoa how could he um, <laughs> he has a he has a classic dark side power called spider sense <laughs> does have a classic dark <laughs> power called spider sense yes um but no so he so he beats the hell out of this one guy and um then he so he can't he can't earn any more money he can still work but he can't earn any more money which honestly is was the uh was pretty close to the 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 uh the most i felt for the character throughout this book yeah, yeah. Uh, let, let me tell you it's just that's just the average life, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's hard out there for a Sith Lord. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, who wrote this book? <laughs> um, no, so he leaves and he goes to the tavern. And the tavern is also like, I mean, they've got tables set up for uh, Sabak, which is effectively um, uh, Star Wars poker. Mm-hmm. And. Um, because Dessel is just like, because he's just like, I don't, I don't, I got nothing else better to do. He decides to play Sabak with Republic soldiers, and um, 
and basically beat them using his, we'll say foresight for right now. Right. Yeah. Um, his precog abilities. His precognitive right. abilities, yes. And of course, in the meantime, he's talking about how the Republic and the Sith basically aren't really aren't too far apart from each other and no and no one's really gonna help anyone in the world and yeah. Yeah, everybody's gotta watch their own backs anymore and yada yada, okay? So this scene to be completely honest, this scene is probably the most I liked Bane in this entire book. No, that's the okay. That's the problem. So when I when I made the Joker reference earlier, the problem is is that that's not too far off from what from what happens in the rest of this book, um, and it's why I am I am going to legitimately struggle. I think over the over the next three months, or well, two months now, because I don't like the main character. Mm. Um, I'm right. maybe I'll like uh, is it Zana? I think is her name. Zana, yeah. Yes, because because also okay. <laughs> Quick side, <laughs> sorry sorry audience. Al, does she show up sooner at all, or is she just in the epilogue? She's only in the epilogue, as far as I know. Yeah. Okay, because I I read the last like six chapters pretty much speed reading on Sunday just to, just to finish this up before this. Um, I, I was very busy this month. I apologize for being a bit late in reading. Um, but, um, but because of that, he came, it feels like he comes out of nowhere in the epilogue, but we'll, we'll get to, we'll, we will get to her and just uh, uh, probably towards the end of the episode. Um, but yeah, so no, you're, you're absolutely right. The the card scene is the only time I really enjoy Bane as a character because he's basically messing with with these other um, with these other Republic soldiers, and he's you know, and he's trying to go them into attacking. He's trying to go them into screwing up their hands. He's being a Sith, all right. And the problem is, is that for some reason. He does that at the card table, but in my opinion, he largely forgets most of that once he gets to the actual Sith Academy. <laughs> Don't ask me why. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so he does that, and, and 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 I skipped over him talking about his room because honestly, there's about a page and a half about how gray his room is, and how and it, 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 it's that was the moment that I that I messaged Al. It was like he sounds like prison <laughs> Mike describing. Prison. That was the moment. Um, we weren't allowed any colors. Yeah, exactly. The, the food was gruel, and all you had was gruel sandwiches. You know. Um, but um, so of course, so then he leaves uh, after he he ends up. Um, Effectively, and and for the record, I think they do a really good job of explaining uh, the card game itself of Sabak. Um, having recently bought my own set when I was in Disney World and having played like a couple of rounds myself, uh, I thought they did a really good way of explaining it because it is similar to Texas Hold'em until you get to like three really different rules at the end, which is what happens. Yeah, it's really is- interesting. It's, it's kind of like a weird like amalgamation of Texas Hold'em and Blackjack at the same time. It's yeah. re- it's really interesting. It, it, it is. Um, and and for, and I highly suggest people looking it up if the, if they're interested in, in in going down that rabbit hole. Um, but um, effectively, Bane screws over the entire table, or Dessel screws over the entire table. Um, 
basically pulling the one hand that means that no one gets any money, uh, for lack of a better term. There's a there's more to it, but that's basically the crux of it. And at, before he did all this, he was you know bad mouthing everything these guys believe in the entire time. All right, so he leaves the tavern and they jump him in the dark and. Um, he ends up killing one of them basically in self-defense. I, I treat it as it's legitimately self-defense, but because he just killed a Republic soldier and he's just a lowly, uh, minor or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call them. Um, he's, he goes on the run and Grasha gets him, gets him out and is like, Hey, which Grosh, <laughs> you want to know who I want to know more about? Gr- Freaking Groshik. Because, <laughs> this, OG, this OG on this on this planet. Exactly. Because all of a sudden, Bane walks, or Dessel walks in and is like, hey, <clears throat> I accidentally just killed a guy. I need your help. And he's <laughs> He pulls out some kind of liquor. Pours them two shots, and it's like I know exactly where to send you. That's there's a little bit more to it, but I'm not too far off. It's, it's pretty incredible. I mean, this this guy who's just trying to get by with his establishment has one of his regulars comes in, blood on his hands, say I killed somebody and I need help, and the guy immediately is just like, I've got a friend in the Sith Empire, we can get you in. Like it's. Like, like he was waiting for this for years. <laughs> but anyways, so so he goes to the Sith Empire and 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 and, and please, please, Al, is there is there? Did you want me to keep going, or did you want me to? Or did you have other questions that you wanted that you wanted to talk about? No, no. If you want to t- take us up to the point where he gets to um, the temple, then that's great. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, yes. which we're fast approaching that. So we we, we are. Yeah. Um, so you're doing great. Yeah. So so he he starts working for the Sith Empire, and what's interesting and what a lot of people who may not know about the Sith Empire because honestly I had forgotten about this, um, because Nazi Nazi Republic. And and the older public video games, a lot of times, if you're playing them, you are making the assumption that what it is is you have a bunch of legitimate Sith, like lightsaber-wielding dark side users. I know there's other enemies, but largely composed of that type of person, um, different variations of them, versus the Jedi teaming up with basically random militias around the Republic, okay? Taking on each other. That's what the assumption is. Well, the thing is, is that in the thing is, is that in actually it is a Nazi Republic that you do see them a little bit. Um, the way the Sith Empire actually works is that you have basically pawns who are just basic soldiers. Anyone can join up with them, mm. and then you have I, I can't remember the exact hierarchy, but there's like acolytes who are. Decently strong in the force, but not they're they're not going to rise up to like the level of Sith Lord or anything like that. So they can they can do a couple of things, but they're they're just a little bit higher. Uh, then I think you have Marauders who are basically like their versions of assassins. If and 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 please correct me if I'm wrong. I, I'm I'm doing this just off of memory. Um, 
but then like the higher ups, like the main guys are the, are going to be the Sith Lords. And those are the ones that, you know, we're talking black robes, red lightsabers, the whole night, the, the whole shebang. All right. Well, Dessel starts as a Sith soldier. Mm-hmm. And there is a, once again, we are getting to the part. We are getting to the last point where I like where I like Desil as a character, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, they go to the planet of Rusan, which is which you learn is basically a central planet between the core planets, such as Coruscant, like the center of the Republic, and then the and then the outer rim, where like Tatooine, Dantooine, the the outskirts, basically of the of the galaxy. So Rusan is kind of like the centerpiece. Where it's like whoever takes, uh, uh th- think think Gettysburg, okay? Whoever takes this, that's what that's kind of going to decide where which way the war is going to go. All right. So, <clears throat> um, it, when Josh listens to this, he's going to be, be so upset with me for that one. Um, <laughs> um. So they're on the they're on the war they're they're on the battlefield at Rusan and. Effectively, they are getting the orders to take this tower that is heavily guarded. And once they take this tower, then the rest of the army can move up. They're like special forces or something to that effect. And they get the order to attack them like in the like broad daylight. And what's funny is like they they go to great lengths to show you that Lord Khan is going to be the stupidest person in this entire book. Um <laughs> And and I did actually enjoy that aspect. I will admit, um, because because right before they get the orders to attack this tower, Dessel has like an inner monologue where he's basically going over how many different things are going against them. There's like a giant turret. There's like three separate ships that are like gunships, so they have like giant guns like on the back. Um, and there's I think there's something to the effect of like. 20 different people guarding this thing. All right. Mm. And they have, I something like, like, like eight or nine, like it's it's a small company. Okay. Mm. And so, so they're outnumbered outgunned, but if they wait till nightfall, they can at least get the element of surprise storm, storm, the storm, the tower. And then the rest of the army can follow them. All right. Well, (laughs) so they get the order to attack it like immediately. And why does it happen? Okay, he knocks out his superior officer. I know that. Dessel does, excuse me. And and is basically like... He gives... And he tells the company, we're going to take this at nightfall. And effectively at that point, it is a race against the clock. Because at that point, if they don't take this tower out in time... The rest of the army is going to be there. Um, that part they kind of skip over of why it had to be a certain time. I understand, like, you want to get things done on a battlefield. I get that. But it is kind of weird. Because because at, at that point I have to ask, okay, so what if they did attack the tower during the day and then they all get decimated? What is Lord Khan's plan after that? Because the entire point is to knock out this tower... So the tower can't alert the rest of the Republic Army and the Jedi that the Sith are here. 
So that's kind of where it it's weird. But bottom line is that Dust is like, I got this. So yeah, well, it's it's a coordination thing, I think, because um, the original plan was the rest of the army and his unit, the Gloom Walkers, by the way. Is the, oh, yeah, yes, the Gloom unit. Walkers, yeah. Uh, the main army and his unit originally were supposed to move at the same time. Um, and Dez and his unit would be able to take the outpost at under the cover of night. And then the order change came down and said, no, I want your unit to go ahead and strike now so that we know we already have the outpost before we move out. That's right. Okay. All but right. That made it way more dangerous for Dez and, yes. and the Gloom Walkers because it was in like broad daylight. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yes. I, I, yeah. you're, you're absolutely correct. I completely forgotten about that. Um, but yeah, so so Dez goes, he he and his company go up, and then they're they're like, oh my gosh, how are we gonna do this? And Dez takes a sniper rifle and basically uses Sith speed <laughs> to take out what is it like seven yeah. of, like like seven or eight people it's in incredible. under like ten seconds. That's awesome. He John he John Halos it. It's incredible. He does. Yes, he John Halos. <laughs> um. Yes, I did. I did kind of expect overkill to just start playing <laughs> Kilimanjaro. Um. But anyways, so then they take they take the the fortress or the tower and everything, and everything works out really well until Des goes back, and um. Des goes back and then a superior officer like puts him in handcuffs and all that. And then he gets taken before. Is it Copex? Is that, is that who it is? That sounds good. That sounds good. (laughs) That sounds like a good pronunciation of his name. Yeah. I'm going to level. Okay. There is, there is Kazim. There is. And then there's two students I know. And then there are three interchangeable leaders of the Brotherhood of Darkness. <laughs> that, and, and and I'm I realize I'm probably being fairly brutal to this book, but 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 here's the thing. I'm like you, Al. I have heard so many times. I have heard so many people talk about how this is the story that they should tell, and this is the and this is the book to base it on. This is the one. This is the one. This is the but, one. But one of my biggest issues so far of the entire of the entire thing is that there are three leaders of the Brotherhood of Darkness that take on different that have different functions, and yet all three of them are interchangeable in my opinion. So, hmm. uh, so yeah, okay, yeah, so so okay, I am just now figuring out. Okay, it, yes, it has to be Copex because Cortis hates him. Copex doesn't want to take him, take him on, and Lord Khan is stupid. So yeah, yeah, yeah it is Copex who who pulls him out of jail. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so so he's he's in a jail. Copex pulls him out, and uh, I've got good news for everybody out there. If the names get confusing, you won't have to worry about them for very long. So you really so, don't. Yeah. So, so no need to be anxious about it. Yeah. The. <laughs> That's another thing. The biggest surprise to me in this book is that Rusan happens in this book. I, for some reason, I, <laughs> I figured that 
the rule of two, the second book, was going to start with why the rule of two happened in the first place. But, but hey, no, they, they skip ahead. I was like, all right, cool. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so Kovex pulls him out. He's one of the leaders of the Brotherhood of Darkness, the, the Sith Empire. I'm, and, and excuse me, I, I feel like someone's going to be like, actually, it's the Brotherhood of Darkness. It's not the Sith Empire. That's kind of the whole point of the book. Yeah, I get that. All right, but it's just another name for Sithy Stupid Club, okay? What, <laughs> Sithy, Sithy Stupid <laughs> Club. Which, there you go. That's <laughs> that, that took some that took some of the some of the edge off of some of those characters, didn't it? Um, <laughs> well, everybody, we have our new shirt. <laughs> going to say the Sithy Stupid the Club. Sithy Stupid Club, sponsored uh, by Phantom Correspondence. <laughs> um. So he goes to, um, so Kopex is like, hey, if you come with us, and he, or he's, he's basically like, all right, look, you can die here. You can rot in this prison. I really don't care. Or you can come with us and we can try to, we can try to do something with you. Because he knows, he realizes how strong in the force Des is. And he's like, we can use that. So he sends him to Korriban and... That's when he gets to the temple. So yeah. there, there, there you go, Al. And that yeah. was that was way too long. I'm sorry. That's a, <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, Let me tell so you, yeah. it comes to a screeching halt after like the first 80 page. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. So all of that takes place um, under a hundred, under a hundred pages of the first book. Um, and so I wanted to highlight where Bane is at the beginning of his journey because usually when you have a a character who is built up as much as Darth Bane is who is like known um, for being this um, significantly powerful evil kind of character usually people want to know like well you know how did they get that way where did they come from you know what was their origin story, if you will. Um, and, and I think that kind of expectation is reasonable to have about um, Darth Bane as well. And I think Darth Bane's origin story, I think it's just fine. I think it's, I don't think it's great. At no point was I overwhelmed by like how, how deep, how deep and complex um, of the story of Dez was at any point i thought uh, um it's kind of what you expect just like you know he was a kid he had it rough he was abused he he grew up in like an awful world um and then eventually he joined the sith i mean like it kind of hits the nose you kind of expect to at this point um um it doesn't um have kind of the the early almost like almost the grooming of behavior that we saw with Darth Agus um, in that book. Um, you don't see like the restraint and the repression that you see with um, Palpatine in the Plagueis book. Um, so Darth Bane's origin and the beginning of his journey like feels like a lot more kind of like eh in a lot of ways, because it's just like, okay, that's kind of what I expect. I mean, he was, he had like a rough childhood. Um, he got angry. 
um, he carried that anger through and eventually it led him to the Sith. So, um, so as far as that goes, it's one of those things where like, yeah, that's fine. Um, it makes sense. It isn't about to like um, win anybody over just like telling the story of who he was first. Um, I do want to highlight because I do enjoy when some of these real world issues are kind of reflected in stories like this is that, um, is that, you know, we see this, um, we see this colony on this planet where like all of the people are impoverished. All of them are chained to the debt that they have to this corporation that runs their lives. And, um, the very first real opportunity that Des gets to leave is from the Republic officers who are just like, well, you're a stout man. Have you ever thought of joining the Republic and taking the fight to those darned Sith Lords over there? Um, and Des is just kind of like, well, no, I don't want to be like, I don't want to trade one head holder for another one. And then we see that the second opportunity he has is the exact same one, except for the Sith. And so we see this pattern kind of reflected um, in real life, especially in recent years, because we see so much of the of the recruitment efforts of the army, um, the navy, and what have you, showing up in areas that are predominantly impoverished are predominantly very low socioeconomic status as well and we see them present this like opportunity to serve in the military as like hey this is your escape this is your chance this is your opportunity to like to leave and get paid and escape all this and have adventures and things like that that's often what it's sold as to people who fit the demographic of Des to young, impressionable, impoverished people. Um, and then we see it, we see that kind of reflection continued into Des's story where he serves with the Sith Army because um, they take this angry, desperate individual and uh, he's trained to kill, he's trained to to hunt down his enemies. He's trained to be um, efficient in how he takes care of his enemies. And then it's, in a lot of ways, it's a good thing that he gets arrested by the army because he didn't really have a whole lot of options after the war if he hadn't. <laughs> because we again see that kind of reflected truth of, you know, there are a lot of cases where, where vulnerable targets and populations will be assimilated into the military and trained to be violent and efficient and to find their enemies and then they get spun out into society afterwards without any real plans to assimilate them in a safe way to to retrain them how to be a person among others again and so um, I did want to highlight that and just kind of like show that path is often very much a real thing in the real world. Um, and so I always enjoy whenever like real world trends or realities are kind of reflected in, 
in on these stories. Um, because a whole lot of times those people don't have like special powers that like are able to lead them into like a special academy. A lot of times they end up on the streets and things like that. But um, that does bring us to the Sith Temple and Academy on Korriban. Um, Korriban was a pl- was a planet that was semi recently reclaimed. Uh, by the Sith. Uh, That's actually what the introductory chapter of the book is. Um, And it's the site of a ancient Sith temple. Um, And this starts one of the craziest things I have found in a Star Wars book, Jacob. (laughs) Because at this point in the book, this story turns into like a slice of life anime. (laughs) <laughs> almost because for the next good chunk of the book mm-hmm. like half of the book excuse me is devoted to like the weird almost high school-esque politics of the students at the temple of Korriban. yeah <laughs> because it's just like oh there are some who who study hard and advance and there are some who fall behind because they're stupid and weak and uh, and if you're very talented, then you can challenge other talented students and you can form alliances and do all of these things. And this is where the tropes of, I want to say, eight 90s hi-fi stories start to bleed in, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because this is where things get a lot more edgy, right? Because it's very much like, oh, you must immerse yourself in the dark side. And Bane is just like, oh, I feel the evil. I feel hoo ha, hoo ha. Just like everyone, hoo, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> essentially what it is. It's essentially what this book turns into. You're not for wrong. About a, for about 180 pages. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, like, the tropes that come in, because there's like a, there's like an old, like, rough like worn um teacher there and Mm -hmm. lord kasim who teaches the students like how to use their lightsabers and like he kind of like indirectly supports like rivalries popping up to like weed out like the students who are less talented um and there are like Bonds that are formed and alliances that are betrayed, and um, and one this is one of the most egregious examples of one of these rules that have kind of sprung up from that era of sci-fi stories. And I compare it to sci-fi stories that came out in the nineties. Uh, Path of Destruction came out in two thousand six. That blew me away. And it came out in 2006. I'm not sure if you were aware of that, but... Um, uh, I was. <laughs> that blew me away because it reads like a 1990s sci-fi story. It does. Because, <laughs> because I would like to pose this trend from from sci-fi stories of that, of that era by offering this exchange when the story was being pitched. I imagine it went kind of like this. It went like, are there any female characters in this story? It's just like, well, there's one. Oh, really? Do all the do all the male characters want to bang her? <laughs> they sure do, boss. All right, let's greenlight this story. Let's do it. 
because that is all that Tiffany's character is portrayed as, which is a shame. <laughs> because I think I think there's a really cool character there. Um, I think there's some really cool things that character could have been. If there is one character that I think was a real tragedy that they were <laughs> that they died at the end of this book, um, it's probably Tiffany. Yeah, no, I completely um, agree. Because she is a recently turned. Jedi. She um, abandons the army at at Rusan and joins the Sith and gets sent to the temple and she quickly befriends Bane because she kind of identifies him as a particularly powerful Sith user and she wants to ally herself with him and essentially just wants to kind of ally herself with whoever is the strongest in the environment. Right, which isn't a bad idea. That's that makes sense. Um, but Bane sees her and is just kind of like, I think I'd like to kiss that person, and everybody <laughs> else around them is just like, hmm, I think I would like to smooch that person as well. And that's just kind of what her relationship to everybody turns into. <laughs> so you have this character who's potentially really competent, really powerful, really smart and cunning um, because I was introduced to this character and I thought this is going to be really interesting to see what she brings to the temple because now she's receiving training in the Sith after having already been trained as a knight with the Jedi. And then that does not really ever come up. It comes up in passing where Bane is talking about, and then she taught me the ways of the Jedi as well as the Sith. And then that doesn't really come up again either, uh, <laughs> which is fine. But, like, it's kind of, like, man, it's kind of incredible, Jacob. Like, this part of the book is ki- is kind of really impressive because I don't think I would have ever guessed that this is what the majority of this book was. Because it really is just, just like Bane shows up, he develops a crush, <laughs> and he develops a rival <laughs> at high school. And that's really what the book is about. It's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, do any of these like uh, do any of these characters kind of like um, take out to you as being uh, particularly interesting, uh, or did you catch any anecdotes during? Um, Bane's high school period <laughs> that you thought were particularly entertaining. Um, how did you feel about this? So uh, honking part of the book. <laughs> um, this is the hardest it's ever been for me to read a Star Wars book. I'm going to start off with that. The hardest it's ever been. The hardest it's ever been. I'm 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 going to level with you. Like even like I got through Shadows of the Empire easier than this. Um. Wow. Mainly, mainly because, mainly because, like the entire time, I, I was just like, "Oh, oh, we have because because that one came out in 1995. It mm-hmm. has an excuse, and, and, and not like in in a way. Like obviously, it's still it's still not great, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's almost like, did we really know better it, then? That's that's the question. Okay. Yeah, it has the explanation of being a product of its time. Yeah, exactly. With this, this is 
You said the first one's 2006. I thought it was 2008. Is it 2006? I believe it is 2006. Yeah. Okay. So this is a year after Revenge of the Sith. This is a year after we have wrapped up the Star Wars saga. All right. For, uh, for that time. Okay. And how are we going to tell the story? And, and, and what, and what Carpenter does, which for the record, there are moments where he is fantastic as a writer. There are, uh, and, and in fact, of uh, 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 a standout moment, because I, I, wrote, I haven't put it in my notes. Um, page 202 in the new, in the new Legends version of it. Um, gotcha. Okay. Uh, there is a point where when he challenges Cyrak for the uh, after he uh, regains his confidence, I guess, or something. I, I, I don't know. But um, when he, he and for the record, if you if you have not if you are not reading this and you are just going alongside with me, uh, just listening to us, I'm not as far off as you think. Um, he uh, he challenges Cyrak, and there is a description. That's right. Okay, yeah, I'm going to read this bit just really quick. All right. So it's like a training circle where they they call out who they want. They step into the circle, and then they call out who they want to challenge. And mm-hmm. then they have this duel with each, with each other. All right. Across the ring, Cyrak assumed – Cyrak, Cyrak. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with Cyrak <clears throat> just because that's, that's, that's what I had in my head the entire time. Yeah. Um, across the ring, Cyrak assumed the ready position. His rain-slicked skin seemed to glow in the darkness – a yellow demon emerging from the shadows of a nightmare into reality's harsh light. Now, here's the thing. Some people would say that he's saying too, he's using too many words to say a simple thing there. But honestly, that gives such a gravitas to the scene that in my opinion, it's Mm. perfect. Um, And it's, and, and there are moments like that in this book. Mm. Um, It makes him sound very attractive. It, it, and and th- that too. It just, it just I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if Sarah J. Moss wrote this. Wrote this part of the book. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so no, like there are moments where I really did enjoy parts of this, but this book is. It starts off really strong. It is a slog in the middle, and then the last, the last bit is just is kind of. It is a mix of why did that just happen to to please can we just get this over with to get to the good parts? Um, I'm I'm gonna level with you, um, but uh, but no. So while he's at the academy, though, there, like you said, there's really the only the only people that stand out are his rival and which is Cyrak and his crush, which is Githany, which. That is it. It is a weird name, and I. That's a a pretty weird name. They could have called her something else. I know it shouldn't be because it's literally (laughs) only you change two words at the start, but it 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 sounds weird to say. Um, And and the thing is, is that since we're going to try to make her, since 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 here in like five pages, we're going to take her from. Excuse me. Since here in like five pages, we're going to take her from, oh, she's like a devilish, like, uh, traitor to the Jedi. That's, oh, she sounds interesting, to, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, she's so hot. 
Okay. <laughs> going to do that. Could we not give her like a, like something else, like name wise to work with? Like, like, look, like p- pick a Bond femme fatale and change a couple of letters around or, or something like that. <laughs> like, like if, if, <laughs> okay, here you go. Githany taught Bane how to know how to use for, force lighting. Okay. That sounds weird. Vesper Lind. Start <laughs> taught Bane how to use how to use uh, how to use force lightning. Which one sounds better if you're trying to make it into a he is going to use her feminine beguiling abilities to uh, to to put everyone under her foot, basically. Okay, if he's going to to, to take over, if he wants to take over this academy, all right. But the problem is, and the problem with her character is that and it leads me to and it leads me to ask you this que- the follow up question here in just a second the problem with her character is that once again you get 5 to maybe 10 pages in not like straight pages but but like of of for lack of a better term screen time for her and then she becomes I think you described it very well as in like a slice of life anime or like a sitcom, like a, like a, like a teenage drama sitcom character where he is, he starts pining, pining after Bane, not, he has a mild interest. I'm talking, I'm talking like full on, like if she had written him a poem uh, and, and wanted to read it to him as he was trying, as he was trying to get her to leave the Academy with him, I would not have been surprised. Um, it's weird. It's really, really weird. Um, but that leads me to ask you this, okay? okay? Is throughout all of this, I kept having this question, and I know you're going. To, you're going to. You're you're going to do the. It's been zero days since Jacob has talked about <laughs> in the Last Jedi. But I have to ask you this question: Is Darth Bane a Mary Sue? Mm, now that is the question. So happy that I get to ask this about. I hope that someone is listening to this podcast that hates Ray and loves Bane. <laughs> really has to really, really look inside themselves to figure out why that is. Mm, yeah. Well, no, that's the question. I mean, so. So that's a very interesting question when it comes to Bane because, uh, and I do have thoughts about this whenever we get to Bane's turn, which I think we're essentially at now. Um, because Cyrak is nothing, and um, and Cosm is cool, but he's a he's a he's a worn down he's just a worn down blade master. That's all he is. Right. So yeah, yes. Yeah, so, uh, t- talk about Bane. Go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. So um. So so with Bane, if you go with the idea that um, um, Harry Sue, which is a term I don't like. Um, I don't either, for the record. <laughs> but um, if you go with the idea that um, they are a character who everything comes naturally to them and they don't struggle with anything at all, they're just perfect at what they need to do and be then 
The only argument I can think of is there's this weird thing that happens in this part of the book. And I can only think that he added it because the original draft of the book was looking kind of lean. Was that after Bane kills the first person at school. Um, O'Harg, I want to Sure. Say. Yeah. Anybody, everybody out there who writes like sci-fi and fantasy, like you don't always have to choose weird names for characters. Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just want to throw that out there. But um, after he kills the first student that he kills in his duel, um, Bane undergoes this like weird inner turmoil experience where he's just like i feel bad for killing that guy but like should have killed that guy that's what the sith are all about which like i agree with that idea entirely uh <laughs> and then he's just like but nah i don't know i don't know how to feel i'm just like i guess that's the thing he overcomes but like at the same time that that issue he has, that thing he struggles with, which causes him to like kind of lose his connection with the Force and regress and things like that for a while, it feels so manufactured. It does not feel genuine whatsoever, right? Like, this is... If we're following Bane's path, right? His path of destruction, if you will. If we're following Bane's path through this story... It's not as if this is the first innocent person he's ever killed. Um, arguably, this is the most evil person he's ever killed who deserves it. Uh, sure. <laughs> and so, right? Like, I mean, like, he's killed, like, under a public officer outside of the bar that kind of, like, started this whole journey. Mm-hmm. Um, you can argue, you know, that guy attacked him and, and was an asshole in general. Um He's ki- he, we're led to believe he's killed like thousands of people in the war as a soldier. Like we're, <laughs> we're led to believe he's killed thousands of guys who were just trying to do their job just like he was. So like this, like this almost PTSD type struggle he has isn't coming from like the horrors he witnessed in war. It isn't coming from the guilt he feels from realizing that, oh my God, I killed all those people. And like the majority of them were probably just like me. They were just trying to like escape something in their past. And they joined up because that was their only option, which would have been a way more interesting way to explore his character, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But instead we get this really arduous part of the book where you're just like, I'm Bane and now I'm sad and I suck at being a sad. <laughs> and you're just like, where is this coming from? And then his like catharsis comes from realizing, well, I shouldn't feel bad. I killed that guy. I killed my own dad because he was an asshole. So now I guess I'm fine. And you're just like, what is this conflict he's going through? Like, I don't, I never understood that. And I was really happy when he got over it because I was just like, oh my God, at least I can like enjoy him 
being an edgy asshole again because at least that's kind of enjoyable like this this other whatever it is to try to like add depth to his development was not working for me whatsoever so i guess you could make the argument if you really were trying to that that was like the challenge he had to overcome to me that does not hold like any water whatsoever because it's bad it doesn't make any sense at all and it feels very disingenuous um to me since you brought up the idea that he's kind of like a Harry Sue type character, which at this point in the story, I would agree. He has a lot of those times where he's just like, I was chosen by Darth Ravon's personal Sith holocron and stuff. And he's just like, I will be the one to purify the Sith. I'm going to curb stomp this poor bastard I found who was already dying. Which uh, <laughs> <laughs> is literally something that happens in the book. Um, um, one of the things I really enjoyed about Bane, though, is that um, because that's um, essentially what happens? Bane gets tired of um, uh, Bane essentially gets tired of the um, academy essentially holding him back, right? Um, it, it's established early on that he that Bane has a unique kind of fascination with the ancient scrolls and holocrons of the Sith that like nobody else at the temple seems to have. So like he's always in the library, he's always reading over these ancient texts. He's trying to learn things about like the old Sith Lords who came before him, like um Hearth Ravon and Exar Kun and all those guys. Um and he's just like, I think the true power of the dark side lies in something that passed away with those old Lords of the Sith, and I want to find what that is. And he has this big falling out with the head of the school, um, Cordis, and Cordis is just like, fine, go to the tomb of the ancient lords, go to the valley of death, and see what you can find, Bane. Um, I I imagine he talks like that. Uh, <laughs> and Bane is just kind of like, okay, I'll go. And so he goes, <laughs> and he doesn't really find anything um, this is the part of the book that like really starts to drag in my opinion. Um, because he goes, he has to fight off like various animals and like, he doesn't really find anything in the tombs, but then it's like revealed to him that there's like elsewhere he needs to go instead. And so, um, and so he goes off to the, to the Ratakan home planet whose name i forget i'm not sure if you remembered um yeah. is it lahan is that one La yeah yeah let's go with that yeah. okay. um he goes there and he goes there because he's trying to find like some semblance of instruction from some of the old sith lords he eventually finds the personal lost sith holocron um um dark river as i said earlier um, eventually, everything goes back to like Howlin' Wolf and um, and Buddy Waters. Eventually, everything <laughs> goes back to, to Arthur Vaughn. Um, so he finds a personal Sith holocron um, of Ravon. He listens to everything it has to teach him. He grows in the ways of the Sith. He discovers all of the secrets, which the author of this book has not deigned to actually share with us. 
Uh, we just kind of have to <laughs> have to take his word for it. That is uh, so weird. <laughs> <laughs> we just kind of have to believe him. <laughs> um, yeah, that's one of the things where, like, you know, um, I don't want to crap um, all over Drew as if he's a really bad author i don't think he's a bad author there's a lot of stuff in here that is very very well done um one thing he struggles with just a bit is the whole um show don't tell aspect Mm. of what bane actually like discovers about the dark side um so we're just kind of led to assume that like yeah he found Hype stuff in the hologram. Um, and then, um, I mean, Cordis is just like, well, Cordis and Khan, I believe, um, are both, um, are just kind of like, I'm not sure about Bane, man. He's, he's kind of scaring me. Um, I need you to go, like, um, and take care of him. So he sends the Blade Master <laughs> a scene. Um, who honestly is really cool. I like that character. Yeah. I think he's really neat. Um, so he goes and like finds Bane at the temple and they fight, right? The thing that I found hilarious about this scene, and then we'll get into kind of the end of the book. But the thing I found kind of hilarious about this scene is that Bane and Kasim fight. And it's like a long fight and battle and they're really testing each other's like limits of their power um and then Kasim is a total G and is just like well I guess I'll have to fight you a different way and like splits his like his dual <laughs> his dual bladed lightsaber into just two lightsabers and Bane is just kind of like I've never even seen that before <laughs> <laughs> um, and they fight that way and Kasim starts to just destroy him. Cannot emphasize this enough, everybody. Bane, like, lost that fight. Like, yeah. if we're being totally honest, Bane loses that confrontation. Um, what happens is something I like to call um, in that, like, Bane, like, Ash Ketchum's that fight where, like, he gets out of it. <laughs> but, like, he didn't really win. But, like, he got the props for it anyway. Because Kasim is fighting him, is like about to kill him. Bane like escapes from the temple, and then the temple just kind of like falls on Kasim <laughs> and kills him that way. <laughs> and I just kind of imagine Bane just like standing there, staring at the rubble as like covering the body of the Sith Lord, and just kind of like, "You didn't win," <laughs> and then just goes and gets into his shit. Um, I love that part. That's hilarious to me. It's just like, no, ba- like, dude. <laughs> Mm. he lost <laughs> like, yeah. like you can argue I guess like it was the will of the force for Bane to win and that's what caused the temple to fall on Kasim at that point but like it's whatever man he lost that fight uh, that's great but um, yeah man there's this overarching idea that that Bane essentially is treated as like the will of the force like you are the ch- you are the chosen one of the Sith. Like, there's no other explanation for, like, why he's able to grow as fast as he does. There's no real explanation for why he's as strong in the Force. There's no real explanation as to why he's called to the Holocron. As far the as Sith I know, unless you have anything to... 
I'm sorry. He's the Sithari. The Sithari. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, exactly. There's no real reason offered other than just saying like, "Yeah, man, he's the Sithari." This dude rocks. Like that's that's all the real explanation we get about yeah. him. And so like, um, I find that like kind of unsatisfactory. But like it's whatever. I guess like I'll hang with it. Um, and it isn't enough t- t- to like ruin the things I do enjoy about the book. But like, I mean, it is interesting because it is kind of a situation where like Bane is kind of a Harry Sue because he has all this power. He has all this purpose. He gets essentially chosen by the dark side of the force. Mm-hmm. And as far as reasons, it's just kind of like, well, because Bane's he's cool as hell, man. Like that's <laughs> what more reason, what more reason do you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is there anything else you want to like add on to that or? I mean, so, so I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I was mainly just asking the question because I find it overtly hypocritical for people, for the same people to, who put down Ray and put down the sequel trilogy to this laud over this, tr- the, this trilogy of books, uh, or at least, let me rephrase this first book. The second, the the second and third one could could change my mind completely. We but shall see. We shall see. But at, at this point, it is a it is at best hypocritical, is at worst misogynist. Mm. Uh, because sure. because you are because you don't like this character, or one of the reasons you don't like this character is because they are basically exactly like your one of your favorite characters. Um, but but here's what I will say, all right? And here's what's interesting. <clears throat> and both the sequel trilogy goes to goes to links to do this for Ray, and I will say the Carpetian does have moments where he goes to do this for for Bane. Um, they have both led very difficult lives, where they both didn't have. How did this turn into me comparing Ray to Bane? But anyways, where they both had to, <laughs> they both had to struggle, and they both had to count on themselves to be able to provide for themselves. That lends to a different mindset, and for than most people, especially once you have to, once you really have to do it on your own. Um, and also, if you've worked in, like, a heavy, like, laborious job, such as working in the Cortosis mines or being a scavenger on Jakku, yep. you're going to learn things along the way of how to make your life easier and how to get stronger and how to do certain things better. Does that translate into using the Force? I'm not really sure. But... I don't... I, I will admit, I don't... I neither hate nor love the fact that that he is as powerful as he is just naturally um, mm-hmm. because because on one hand, I don't hate it because, you know, I mean, it's it's it, it's Darth Bane. He's the he's the he's the legend. OK, you know, and all that. And and so I, I don't hate it because of that. Um, but I also don't love it because, like you said, there really is no reason given to why he's so naturally good at certain things. Um, beyond just like a threat level midnight style writing of of Bane as Michael Scarn. That that's basically 
what what is happening is he is he's just that good. That's that's why the scene where Githany is teaching him how to use the lightning annoys me so much because I swear the her dialogue sounds like uh like the Catherine Zeta Jones dialogue from the from Threat Little Midnight. Um <laughs> Which, which I just, I, I, I'm so glad I've made two great office references in this, in this podcast. Um, but yeah, I just, I didn't, I don't know that, that part threw me. It really did. Um, and, and so it was, it was hard for me to look past it after I made that realization of these guys love this book, but hate Ray. And so, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I understand. And like, I know. Everybody out there, we get the idea that in Star Wars lore, there are some people who are stronger in the Force than others. We get that idea. Yeah. I, when it gets to a point with like with someone like Bane, who the story goes out of the way to show and tell you that like he is like leagues and leagues beyond anybody else in the general area. Mm. That kind of writes an obligation into itself almost, right? Like that kind of creates an expectation of a bit more of an explanation there, right? Because it isn't just like, and Bane gradually became stronger than everybody. Because to use that scene as an example, right? As you said, Jacob, that scene where Ithany, it feels like I'm going to vomit every time I go to say <laughs> It's a horribly constructed name. <laughs> every every time um, she goes and she teaches some stuff, he's naturally so much better at it than everybody else. She goes and is just like, hey, Bane, hey, Bane, here's a general idea of how we summon Force Lightning. And within 10 seconds, Bane summons, like, an apocalyptic level of Force Lightning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just kind of like, oh, okay, you're kind of making this a big deal, so I kind of have to ask, why is he so good at that? And we don't get an explanation. So that's where like, uh, the t- t- difference is. There's a difference between saying, well, this person is just like inherently stronger than Force than somebody else, and saying this person like treats the Force as child's play compared to like everybody who's supposed to be on equitable ground as him. Um because like he's able to do that stuff before he finds the holocron from Darth Revan. <laughs> so so like it's not you also can't use the excuse of just like well he was like personally taught by like the last of the great Sith lords because he was doing that stuff uh before he went and found the holocron. Yeah. So like there is kind of an expectation there of like something more than just nah man He's dope. That's all. Which, that's all you have to worry about. I kind of wish they had done that to where, where like, n- nothing against Githany, nothing against her, <laughs> but it, um, but I do, I do wish. I, I I feel like just from a story standpoint, and 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 I I, I realize we overthink these things, and I realize this is the writer and me coming out, but you're not wrong. When you, I, I think that from a story standpoint, it would make more sense, even with his whole mindset of why the Brotherhood of Darkness is is failing, and what leads to everything about the finale of this book. I think it makes more sense for him to learn more from the, from the holocron that he finds, and learn from from Revan and and the 
um, uh, there's another one that he learns that he learns something from in, in the text. Mm. And it's oddly enough not Exarcoon, which was kind of yeah. weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's not Exarcoon. Yeah, I forget who that is now. Yeah, but there, there is, there is another one. Um, but, but the thing is, is like to, I don't think you're wrong in the sense that like that would have made more sense. And also, that scene is really annoying to me because because I just I I, I want to meet this man, Drew Carpenter, and and ask him like. So we spent 150 pages or, or however much on, like you said, the kind of the high school drama aspect, which, all right, cool, it's different, but, but whatever, let's do it. And then we we do the the holocron of Darth Revan in three pages, maybe. And it's and it's not we we don't even see the holocron. It's it's Bane thinking about what he saw in the holocron. And and so I don't. I don't know. I, I would have handled that part differently, and uh, and yeah, I just yeah, that's yeah. It's it. Um, it kind of reminds me of um, it. Kind of reminds me of the part in in on um, the first tune when he's like it leads up to him like riding the sandworm. And oh, then, like the very, think, and then the very next part is him going, "Man, it sure was cool to ride that sandworm." It's just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I, literally, I literally put the book down. That was I didn't finish. I didn't finish the first Dune, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, really excited for the movie. It's one of the rare occasions where I actually enjoy the movie more than the book. Um, <laughs> no offense, to Frank Herbert. It was 1965. Once again, product of its time. Okay, but. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I I could go on a tirade about that scene because I I oh I hated that so much. I was like, that is the coolest part of this book, and you skip it. <clears throat> oh man, it's wild. Um, so yeah, so we get to the point. Uh, Bane is fully trained. He has he has come into his power. He has his idea from the holocron that you know the reason why the Sith is not as powerful as they should be. The reason why they don't have the true connection to the power of the dark side is because there are just too many Sith. And so he gets this idea that, like, you know, there's the rule of two, that there should be um, there should be a master to personify the power and an apprentice to crave that power. Uh, that's the whole idea behind the rule of two. And so Bane is just kind of like, well, there's only one thing left to do. And he goes to Rasan and he devises a couple of plans uh, to fall into place to to kill the Brotherhood of the Sith. Um, <laughs> to just to just purge it just completely. Um, he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna I go think... there and shoot them with his guns. <laughs> um I... I am just now realizing just the way you said, well, there's only one thing to do. I am just now realizing the last hundred pages of this book are literally a Looney Tunes sketch where he's trying to get Lord Khan to kill himself. <laughs> like I am just now realizing this where where they are they are going against each other basically with acme bombs the entire time. <laughs> so so I do want to point out, okay, everything that happens. From the moment that Bane shows up on Rusan is eerily reminiscent of 
Darth Plagueis's reaction, going back to April when we read Darth Plagueis, is eerily reminiscent to Darth Plagueis's reaction to Palpatine training Darth Maul. Okay? Because <laughs> Darth Bane shows up. The Sith Lords who sent the most skilled lightsaber fighter in their brotherhood to kill this man sees him just show up and is just like, hello, everybody. And all of them are just kind of like, I think I can turn this around. I think, I think I've got that. You know what? This is fine. (laughs) (laughs) I bet Bane is here to help us. (laughs) It is. (laughs) baffling <laughs> that they come away with this that they come away with this conclusion <laughs> because the entire time I'm reading this I'm getting hype because in my mind I'm just like Bane is going to touch down on this planet and people are just going to like just converge on him and he's going to have to come up with a way to fight off the entire Sith Brotherhood at once and instead he gets there and the guys who sent an assassin to kill him, two assassins actually, <laughs> two assassins to kill him, are just kind of like, huh. I bet he's here to help us kill the Jedi. <laughs> exactly. like, it's it's mind-boggling. It's incredible. <laughs> it's amazing. And there are things that we are kind of skipping over. There's a part where like Bane gets poisoned. And he has to like go find a healer out in the desert, and, and then he, he murders like three children just randomly. Yeah, he like he threatens the life of the healer's daughter in order to get the healer to heal him, and he does. And then like and yeah, and there's a part where like he he essentially jumps out of the bush and just kills yeah. three random people, <laughs> and it's just like I feel better now. And continues <laughs> his check. <laughs> this is what happens in the book, everybody. <laughs> I need you to know that we're not making this up. We're not. <laughs> he he's about to die from the poison. He hears people coming, and he's just like, I can feed off of their death. <laughs> He just kills them, and it works. (laughs) And he's just like, cool, gonna go to the healer now. And he's just like, healer, heal me. And the healer's just like, no. And they just like, oh, do you have a child? And the healer's just like, fine, I'll heal you. You're just like, what was the point of this scene? Why not just have the healer heal him? (laughs) Is, Is Bane threatening to kill a child, like... Any more edifying to his character than him having just killed a child? Like, is that's, 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 like that's kind of my the only thing I can think because I did so. So we 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 didn't talk about this part, and I you and you and I haven't talked about it yet. So you, I don't even know if you actually know this. Um, or well, no, we did, we we did. Um, so path of destruction itself at least the last like 150 pages maybe 120 pages of it are based on a six issue miniseries that came out in 2001 called jedi versus sith and the very opening scene is that scene where random farmers find a lightsaber the lightsaber starts coming to life and then bane like you said hops out of a bush and then kills them all and then he goes to get the healer, and then he threatens to kill the healer's child until the healer heals him. All right, that's literally the oh, that's literally the first issue. 
And it makes more sense there because you are clearly establishing him as a villain. You are establishing him as, you know, uh, he's doing things that we, that they can't even do in PG-13 movies right now, okay? Mm-hmm. So you have that that aspect, but you also focus more on the Jedi that are on Ruson at the time. So you do have the contrast of the Jedi versus Sith. In my opinion, because there are things that, that he that Carbacan has taken out of the story in the book and things that he has added in instead. I would have taken this part out entirely. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, something was me. Um, I would have taken this part out entirely because it we already know what Bane is. We already know where he is. So so much so that like spoiler alert. My hypest moment is what tells you what he is. And so once you get there, you there there is no will he kill this child? Yeah, he absolutely will kill a child. In fact, it's weird he doesn't kill the second two people. <laughs> like and, and, and he says and and what's funny is like he his internal monologue, his reasoning is they might be of use later. Okay, were the were the other Four not possibly going to be of use. I understand they were like farmers. Yeah. I get that. So maybe they weren't, but but surely something. Uh, like, I don't also, know. also, Bane, how many times are you planning to come back to Rasan? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna have a vacation home here after I kill all of my brothers and sisters, so I might as well. <laughs> I might as well invest in the hospital. <laughs> It's insane, man. It's so crazy. This book is so crazy. Anyway, um, as we get to a close, uh, the end of Path of Destruction um, comes to a head where Bane, after like uh, revealing a couple of the dark side powers he's learned um, from the Holocron, um, there's one really cool scene where like he gets all of the Sith to like chant and connect in the Force to summon like this like fire storm to like set fire to like half the planet. That scene was awesome. I wish we got way more stuff like that in this book. Um, but uh, he gets to a point where he goes to Lord Khan and he's just like, Hey Khan, I've got a way to exterminate the Jedi entirely right here, right now. And Khan is just like, he feels completely indicated because he assumed that's what Bane was here for. Uh, God is just like, oh good, I always I always believed in you, Bane. Um, and Bane is just like, we're gonna um, you should lead the Brotherhood in the Sith ritual called a pot bomb. And Khan is just kind of like, yeah, I totally know how bombs work. I don't think anybody who's at the center of the blast gets hurt. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> and Bane is just like that's right that's right Lord Khan you're so good at your job <laughs> now go do this ritual um, and so and so it works and like here's the thing Jacob here's how I read this book it could just be me I could just not have been on the same wavelength as the author okay so going into the ritual to summon the thought bomb, um, I thought that the way things were were um, playing out, 
I thought that this thought bomb was going to destroy a majority of the Sith. Um, probably Kithany was going to get out of there. And and probably Opex was going to get out of there. That's what I thought. That's what I thought the story was kind of like starting to allude to. Because Ithany instantly is very suspicious of this plan. Mm. And Copex this entire time has been the only one in the Brotherhood who's just like, Khan, you are insane and also an idiot and i'm not going to do anything you say so i thought those two were going to escape and having not read the rest of the trilogy i thought they were going to put up this future conflict between bane and his apprentice and copex and ithany as like as almost kind of like a battle of the rule of two i thought that's where this was heading right that that would have been really cool Imagine my surprise when nope, everybody just dies. <laughs> <laughs> even even Copex and Ithany, who are is in the process of escaping, <laughs> still die. And it's well, like Copex doesn't kill doesn't get killed by the by the bomb though. How does he die? Copex dies to uh, Far uh, Farfalla. He does so die to Farfalla. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because oh no, no, that's right. That's entirely right. Thank you very much, because that was super dope, because Copex was just like, all of you are crazy. I'm just going to go out there and kill as many Jedi as I can. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, he's the best. Man, I like Copex. Okay, so, um, yeah, so um, he dies. He gets killed by Farfalla. Uh, you are entirely right. And um, But either way, they both die at the end of it. Um. And that is the end of the Sith Brotherhood. It also kills a good chunk of uh, the Jedi army as well, uh, because um, Aster Hoth takes like a battalion, essentially, of Jedi troops and Jedi knights to go and, um, and confront the Sith at the cave where the thought bomb explodes. Mm. Um, so... Um, that's about where we're at with the conclusion of Bane's plan. It pretty much goes off without a hitch. Um, I do have a couple of more things I want to briefly jump into. But before we do, is there anything you'd like to add about kind of like on the climax of the book, essentially? Um, I like how Bane kills Quartus. I'm, 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 I'm going to be completely honest. Because uh, yeah. if, mm-hmm. if, if, you, if you don't remember, he... <clears throat> It's because uh, Quartus like wants an honorable death by the saber, and Bane is just like no, and literally like crushes like every aspect of his body. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even like a forced coke; it's like everything about him. It's pretty is cool. Just yeah. Mangled. Um, and and here's the thing: if we're going to, if I'm going to follow, if I'm going to follow a villain for three books. I want him to see. I I want. I want to see him do like interesting villainous stuff, um, or or like stuff like that. Like like it, it, it's like watching like a slasher film. You know, like like you like mm-hmm. you know you root for you root for the final girl, but before the final girl, you want to see one or two of the guys go go out in a certain way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So and I know Corpus what you mean. Was, 
yeah, I, I, I know, I know you get it, uh, Mister Mister Horror Fest over here. Which, by the way, coming soon to a podcast near you. Oh, <laughs> spooky season's coming. This is, yep, yep. Um, but I, uh, but yeah, I, I like that moment. Um, also, because we've had such a struggle to say her name and how she is misrepresented in this book uh, as a strong female character, um, because. And that goes out the door pretty quickly. Um, Githany has a the Githany has a um, laser whip instead of a lightsaber, which is awesome. That's super cool. And <laughs> it, it I'm, is. I'm so and and like one the one of my favorite parts of this book. And it, it's not my hypest moment because it's not really like a hype moment. It's just a really cool moment that I really enjoyed. Was when Kasim is talking to Bane about lightsaber dueling. Yes, absolutely. And he uh, and Bane is like, "Is it uh, is the double bladed lightsaber better for dueling?" And he says, "Yes, but not for the reason you're thinking." And let me tell you, I cannot tell you how much I wanted this entire book to be more like that, because. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Because because that's that's honestly what I expected. Once they were like, "We're gonna take you to Korriban," I was like, "Oh, sweet! We're gonna learn about stuff like this." Um, huh. And so, because basically his description of it is, he's like, "Because it is a because the double bladed weapon is so different, and people don't really know how to fight against it. That's what makes it stronger. Because I'm already throwing you off with the style I'm using." And he even says, "He's like, by all technical reference." The single-bladed lightsaber is stronger, and you can do more with it, but but the double-bladed gives you a longer reach, and also, because you have the double blades, it does throw off the defender, which is which, – which, for the record, uh, even our good friend Micah, I think, would agree with that from a HEMA standpoint, because mm. if, you are, if you are able to throw off your defender – then you you can find you can typically find a window of attack somewhere in there. Um, Githany's weapon is the exact same because it's literally a whip, and the thing is, is like when, but it's a but it's a but it's a laser whip, which is different. So because like he can basically like shoot it out if he wants to, and it is it's such a cool weapon, and it needs to be used more often. I can literally only think of. Three separate times, only in the EU, where it has been used. And I and one one was in a literal like it wasn't like the Jedi Apprentice books, which were meant for you know like young like young readers, but it's still a really cool thing to see. And I and I wanted I wanted in more things. I'm I'm yeah, I'm 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 done ranting. But that those are the two things I just wanted to add is is that the the description of the lightsaber dueling was was some of my favorite parts of this book, and I I want more laser whips just because that this it just it's it's so cool and different. Yeah, no, no, I understand. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's awesome. I mean, anybody who has listened to this show at all know that I am a huge fan of like weird, weird alternative ways to have a lightsaber. So like I'm I'm all into that. Um, I'm all about it. Um, yeah. So as a as we wind down here, before we get to um, our two classic um, questions we always ask each other at the end of EU or EU review, um, I do want to talk really briefly about um, 
the players in this story that we haven't really talked about yet, and that's the Jedi. Um, the entire other half of the war that's going on. So the Jedi, we're introduced to three main Jedi characters, really just two, because one of them dies. Um, well, a couple of them die, but one of them dies a lot earlier. Um, and that is um, Master Hoth and Master Harfala. So these characters give us kind of a weird view into the Jedi because it kind of shows that there are already, like the cracks are already starting to form in the Jedi Order. Mm. Um, at least if like the relationship between Hoth and Arfala is like anything to go off of. Because Hoth has been on this planet since like the very first day he like stormed the beaches with all the troops. Like he has been here forever. And Harfala shows up and is just like, well, I can help you. And Hoth is like um, very hostile towards him. Um, there are lines in the book that like come off as kind of homophobic <laughs> as well, <laughs> which is, which was kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> there really is. There's a couple of times where Hoth refers to Farfalla as like a Andy and like a softy trouncing about on the battlefield. Yeah, because he's like, yeah, okay. I'm just like, are you being homophobic? Like, is this where the story's going? It was really weird, but it's fine. I mean, it isn't if it's homophobic, but like, you know, there's other issues with this book as well. But yeah, it just offers a really weird view into the Jedi because. Really, a lot of times when we read stuff with the Jedi in it, it becomes a practice in comparing the state of the Jedi at the time to, like, pretty much where they are in the Clone Wars is, like, a barometer that's used, right? Um, and so we get an interesting one where, um, you know, the war is spreading out all over the galaxy, so the Jedi and the Republic are, like stretched to every which corner of the of the galaxy and Hoth is starting to come apart at the seams and Farfalla is just kind of like well if you don't like my help I'll go up to space and they go up to space and and I'm just kind of like what the hell is happening right now <laughs> like reading reading the war tactics of the Jedi in this book it is a wonder that Bane actually thinks the Sith are going to lose the war. Like, yep. like, from all indication, the Sith seem to be, like, owning it right now. Um, so, like, um, so that's just strange. So it's a really interesting, kind of weird glimpse into where the Jedi are at, because they seem kind of split, and it seems like the cracks are kind of starting to form, but at the same time, you do get the impression during the battle scenes that you have Jedi like Hoth and like Arfala, who are still very skilled, still very powerful in the Force. Um, I'm including, there's kind of almost a throwaway scene where Kopex lands on a Republic ship to go and assassinate the Jedi pastor who's counterplaying the force influence that um, 
Horde Khan is having on the battle between the two armies. Um, and honestly, I thought that scene was really cool um, because it shows, just again, it shows different ways that the force is used, both in general and how um, it's used. It's kind of two sides of the same coin uh, between the Jedi and the Sith. And so I'm on a, the presence of the Jedi in this book is just really interesting because you get um, you get really cool viewpoints into it like that scene, but then you also just get kind of weird ones as well, where it seems like the Jedi like really don't have it all together at the same time. So um, it's just kind of interesting. Uh, Jacob is somebody um, who's into the Jedi and the history of the Jedi throughout the timelines. Um, what did you think about the Jedi characters we got in this book? <clears throat> um, I liked the I liked the idea of. Here's the thing: I had honestly forgotten that Foth, that Foth, good lord, uh, Hoth said that about Perfala. Um, uh, so, so I was gonna say I like Hoth, but now, now I just feel like, well, he's kind of perfect, though. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so, so the two of, the, I mean, the the two of them being kind of the primary ones that you see throughout this um, are interesting because you kind of have this, you kind of have the almost, almost like a, like an Obi Wan and Anakin kind of relationship if they if they had lived longer. That's kind of the vibe that I was that I'm kind of getting from them. If they had lived longer, but they actually hated each other just a little bit more, um, in the sense of like Hoth, like you said, he's he's old, he's tired. He's like, I have been here. I mean, we're this is the this is the, I think the fourth or fifth battle of Rusan for Fala. Hmm? Hmm? Yes. You know how much I've slept during the first four? <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Not much, and. Then Farfalla comes in and is basically like, the ooh, this is where the fun begins. And <laughs> it's like this is like this like dashing kind of Jedi warrior, basically. And I like both aspects of that. Um, and I do I do feel it kind of gets overshadowed by everything else going on because of course it is it is very much something that focuses on the Sith. Um you know, clearly that's kind of the whole point. Um, but that is, but that is one thing I'll, I, that I will admit is it almost feels like they threw them in at the last second. Um, cause I, I remember the first, the first chapter that focuses on the first chapter that focuses on, uh, um, on Hoth is <laughs> all really took me back. Because I was like, wait, <laughs> I why are we talking about the Jedi now? And then I was like, oh, we're getting a little POV from the Jedi. Okay, let's let's see what they have to say. And then of course it's basically just, you know, I'm really tired. I've been fighting the Sith for a long time. This guy's annoying. Why is he here? That's kind of the crux of it. Um, yeah. you know. So so I don't know. I don't really think much about them yet. But I know. But for follow lives, I know that because I because I. There, I saw a mild spoiler where he is in the second one. I don't know how or why, but I know he is in the second one. Um, well, and of course he lives like he kind of like swears revenge against him at the end. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, in in a way, um, 
So I, I'm sure he'll make a comeback. Um, but I mean, they were kind of they were all right, I guess. Like, I mean, yeah, they're, um, they're like they were all right. <laughs> also, that, that's I okay. We should have prefaced this entire podcast at the start of this. Is the High Republic has ruined us? And I know I've said that a couple of different times of like how good is the High Republic, but it honestly did. Like that's the only way to describe it. Is in a single book, the High Republic can make me feel more about these, more about their characters than I hate to be rude, but have some some of that Jedi foresight here. Then probably three books are going to make me care about Bane. Mm. Um. You know, it's and it's just it's just the the skill the the ability of of their writing and they're they're just that good, um, yeah. So uh, so yeah the yeah that's fair. I mean, like you take, I mean, you take phase one of the High Republic, you take the three primary. And I characters of those books with the Var Chris, Elsar Man, and Ellen Eels. And they mm. basically fit the role that Hoth plays in like in like still very unique yet like header forms in a lot of ways, right? Because mm. you have of our Chris, who was just like, I've been chasing down all of these plants for the last five years. <laughs> and, she, and she's like exhausted by that. And stuff. And you have Helen uh, Eos, who is just like, somehow I am responsible for every bad thing that happens in the mm-hmm. Republic right now. And then you have Elsar Man, who is just like, I don't know if I want to kill or bang everybody I see. Like these are the <laughs> these are the archetypes that we have. So so, uh, so you have those iterations of the same general archetype that Hoth is, and so it it is kind of hard to go back and just be like, oh, okay, well, I get who this kind of character is. I've seen like superior versions of it already so um it is tough you know but um but yeah it's yeah it's interesting it's interesting to me that the jedi were as prominent in in this book as they were i wasn't really expecting to have them in there at all yeah so um it's interesting that we did i didn't hate everything that they brought to the table but they were um still after having read all of it i still think they were in it a bit more than they probably could have been but um but um yeah and so yeah we get to the end of the book of course the actual true end of the book is um uh, while the republic troops are trying to find um any survivors or take any prisoners or what have you um they come upon a little girl named rain um rain kills them (laughs) Which is awesome. <laughs> like, it's super cool. Um, her little her little friend, which like which once again is a much bigger part in the comics. Um I can't remember what they're called, but there's little like floating green things. And they just shoot it just randomly. Um, 
And then and then Rain's like, all right, well, you all don't have necks anymore. Yeah. Um, then, yeah. <laughs> if I were, to be fair, if I were to discover that, like, I had dark side powers, it would probably be after somebody hurt my animals. So, I mean, it's, re- it's reasonable. I, <laughs> no, currently the most relatable character this entire book has been Rain. So, <laughs> so Bane senses her presence and her power and finds her. And it's just like, uh, would you like to become a, a student of the dark side? And eight-year-old Rain is just kind of like, yeah. And so <laughs> Bane adopts her. That's pretty much how the exchange goes. And Bane adopts her and is just like, ah, you shall be Darth Zana. And uh, that will lead directly into the rule of two. Uh, because now Bane has found the apprentice to his role of the master. Um, so we've gotten to the end of this book. I'm going to ask you... Jacob, um, what was your hypest scene? What was your hypest thing that happened in The Path of Destruction? So, <clears throat> for me, there is, if, I, if I'm writing a scene, okay, and if I want something to happen, I'm very much a, a Chekhov's gun kind of guy when it comes to the setting of certain things. So if I want something to happen interesting at a certain place, I'm going to set that up earlier. Okay. So for me, I love the scene where Cyrak and um, uh, the, the Star Wars versions of Crab and Goyle um and um and and githany all try to trap bane also i'm proud i remember their names <laughs> that took a second um uh, i but, mean uh, i mean it really is a scene out of harry potter like, it is it absolutely is but 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 at the same time like it goes so south for 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 the rest of them that it is that it was something I actually kind of enjoyed, and <clears throat> and the thing is, is that immediately after that, I love that like he walks right into Cordis's office, apparently literally throws the door like with the force down, and is like, "Look, you are all you are." He does the whole Loki speech. You are all of you beneath me, like I. Mm-hmm. I you're all going to to die in Rusan. You're going to ruin everything about the Sith legacy, unless you join up with me. Deuce, deuce, I'm leaving. Okay, and goes to deuces. Yeah, that that whole sequence where he finally becomes Darth Bane. That was something I really enjoyed because because they they kind of I mean they tease you the entire time. It's, it's like oh is he is he a Sith yet? Oh no, he feels guilty. About using the dark <laughs> is he a Sith yet? Yeah, and then then it's like oh no, he feels guilty about using the dark side. And then you're like okay, but but why? He he has no reason to feel guilt. Like I like I understand it's a very human emotion. I get that, but if. If your if your entire mindset has been molded by your your asshole of your asshole of a father working in the mines with other assholes like your father, working for the Sith Empire, and then training under Sith lords, 
Why are you? Why would you ever have any kind of guilt or hesitancy to use the dark side? Your entire life, you have wanted power. The moment you have it is the moment that you're afraid of it. It's and 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 the thing is, is that they don't even go into that interesting aspect of it. Mm. Of why is he afraid? It's just he is afraid, and it it's is. like that's not that doesn't work. Mm. So, so to finally have him basically just be like, nah, we're we're good now, okay. And then to just own everybody and then just walk out and then proceed the cat and mouse game of is Lord Khan going to do something stupid or intelligent? And following that, that part I really enjoyed. Um, also, forgot to mention this. Darth Bane is the best Sith name. And here's why. There's a reasoning behind it. Mm. Because... So there's a part early on in this book where you find out that his father called him the bane of his existence, okay? And because because apparently uh, uh, Bane's mother died in childbirth, okay? And, you know, I'm not going to – I understand, oh, well, his father called him the bane of his existence, so now he's Darth Bane. I get that that is a – that's like a it's might be kind of a weak backstory to it but here's the thing it's a backstory yeah because as much as i love the character what does vader mean <laughs> like i adore the character of darth vader i have read multiple comics and books on him i have watched the entire saga multiple times love seeing darth vader on screen love seeing darth maul but as of right now if we're, I love seeing Darth Tyrannus, but as of right now, if we're going based off of Sith names that actually mean something, it goes in order. Bane, Darth Sidious, because it's literally Insidious without the I-N. Sure. And Tyrannus, which is literally Latin for tyrant. Yeah. But Maul and Vader have no actual meanings whatsoever. Darth Maul is just his name. Yeah. I guess Maul- <laughs> That's he the other thing. Had, he didn't even get a new name. <laughs> but yeah, so 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 yeah, that's my my highest moment when he finally becomes Darth Bane. Uh, and and yeah, I forgot to mention that earlier, but I did have that in my notes. Is as his his name, in my opinion, is the best because actually has a, a meaning as to why he wants to go by that name. Nice, nice. I like it. No, no, no. I get it. Um, yeah, I mean, I do have to ask. Uh, would you agree that? The best part of that scene is when somebody calls out to him and is just like, please, Lord Bane, you must not abandon us. Um, and Bane throws off his hand and dusts off his clothes and is just like, it's Darth Bane now. It, it, is, it, is that it, the best it, part of the scene? Yes, because then uh, the Who's uh, Won't Be Fooled Again starts playing in the background as he throws his hood up. Yeah. <laughs> and, you're, and, and, and you're like, where's that music coming from? And you're like, it doesn't matter. You're reading Darth Bane, Path of Destruction. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's the best part of, that bu- of the book, yeah. It's oh my gosh! There's so there are so many lines in this book that where like the scenes would be really cool, and then there's a line that's in there that I'm just like oh my god, <laughs> it's so it's so cringy. Um, uh, one of those um, examples that like it's actually hilarious because um after I read this book I went online to like see like various reviews and what like different people online had to say about the book. And I feel kind of bad for calling this guy out, but like you probably 
I'll never know. Um, there's one user on Reddit who was just like, my favorite part of Path of Destruction is when um, is when he writes, uh, the voice emerges from the Sith holocron and says, hello, my name is Darth Ravon, and Bane just begins to laugh. And I'm just like, that's that's not the best part of this book. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the more ridiculous parts of this book. I just kind of imagine like I just kind of imagine like a Ben Shapiro just like reaching into like a bookshelf and finding like a signed copy of Mein Kampf and just laughing to himself and like, <laughs> laughing to himself maniacally. Like that's <laughs> that's all that scene is. That scene would have carried way more weight if Bane had it laughed, to be honest with you. Oh <laughs> uh, but Anyway, um, yeah, um, I think my hype is seen from this book. Um, it probably has to be when the Brotherhood are doing the ritual twos um, in the Thought Bomb. Like, when I was reading through that scene and reading through the description of, like, what was happening within that cave as they were doing it, like, it was it was just, like, I, like, I like began to hear, like, Slayer playing in the background. I was just like, this is... <laughs> is metal as hell this is so cool because it was just like it was just like a dark void emerged and like from out of the dark void were just like whispering voices that were just like oh my god this is sick. <laughs> and then they describe what the thought bomb does and they're just like well it kills them but instead of going to join and become one with the force the thought bomb traps the soul of everyone it kills so that they can't ever be one with the force again and I'm just like, oh my god, this is so cool. <laughs> this is the coolest thing I've read all week. Wow. Like, wow, this book was <laughs> the whole high school arc was worth it. Like, that was a really cool description. Um, so I really enjoyed that part. Um, I thought that that was really cool. Um, it's still very dumb that nobody else <laughs> nobody else except for Giffney in the circle were just like, I think if this bomb goes off, I think it's gonna kill us too. Um but it's fine. Um, so now, Jacob, we come to the final question, arguably the most important question about this book. Sure. Jacob Vance Hardesty, does Path of Destruction, the first book of the Darth Bane trilogy, fit into your grand canon of Star Wars timelines? No. Wow. That was easy. <laughs> no. I, 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 I guess mean, I'll go I, next. So, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, and 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 here here's why. All right, this book was written. Oh God, math. Seventeen years ago, okay, or or published seventeen years ago. We have we have the world has changed. We've evolved. We have done a, a lot of other things since then. What the reason this one does not fit necessarily in my personal grand canon? Because I, I, what I consider my grand canon are things that I would suggest to people to enjoy as part of Star Wars. I'd be like, hey, you should read this. You know, if you if you if you want to get more into like the backstory, like the the histories of of the galaxy, you should read this. The reason this does not fit in as well is because what I would do, what I would do if I was Disney, is I would get Carpathian to come back and write basically a follow-up piece. I, I don't even know if I would do a follow-up piece or just do like a brand new, like a new canon version of this story. But I was about, 
I was about to say, you could do like how they did it with Zahn and just say, hey, would you like to write a new Thrawn trilogy? That, that's what I meant. Yeah, that, that, that's, yeah. Exactly, yeah. that's exactly what I mean. Is is like, look, look, at, look at the way, which uh, the more I read of not, the... <laughs> The more I read of the, of the of the older canon stuff, the more I'm realizing why Timothy Zahn is so lauded as a as a writer. Um, <laughs> mainly, mainly because he's the first. He, as of right now, unless a drastic change happens in the second two parts of the Thrawn trilogy, he is the first one to write a female character where I didn't just immediately want to vomit ten pages in. Um, whether it was whether it was because her name or not. Um, <laughs> So, so no, like I would, I would love to see this character revisited. He has been in, I mean, he was he was in Clone Wars. He has been mentioned in other things. He's a he was mentioned in the High Republic, and sooner or later, I, I know, um, he's been mentioned in other books, I, like that are new canon books. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him be be a part of this because the rule of two is a mass the rule of two by all technical reference is how the sith are able to win in the end that's uh, the the plagueis basically goes to great lengths to to explain that and so for me i would love to see it but i would need something better than this i'm, I'm gonna be honest it's mm-hmm. not bad by any means it's and and if someone was like, "Hey, is the Darth Bane trilogy worth re- or is Path of Destruction worth reading?" As of right now, I would say no, but I might feel differently at the end of this and be like, "It's it's not the best read, but it's worth it to get to the good stuff in the second and third books." Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, but but no, it's it's not something. It's not essential in my opinion. It's not something that I would that I would immediately be like, "You need to read this." So so yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's very fair. Um it's really interesting, man. There is, if I'm being completely honest with myself and with all of you, there is a part of me that like kind of loves this book <laughs> because it's so it's so insane at points. Um I feel like I feel like to have another throwback to last October's episode of our show. Um, I feel like Path of Destruction to me is what Shadows of the Empire is to Josh. Like I kind of mm-hmm. I kind of want to tell people about this book and just be like, oh man, you won't believe it. Imagine like somebody like wrote a story about like Joseph Stalin, but over 50% of it is just like him in high school like it's <laughs> doing like high school drama it's like it's incredible like <laughs> like you don't understand how how hilarious this is uh because it's that's really what the book is it's such a picture of things that that go from okay this part is kind of cool i'm kind of into this like this is neat and then it goes immediately into like super edgy, super cringy, like nineties esque, just like total nonsense. Um, and it's one of those things where like, whatever I think about it, uh, because I thought a lot today about how I was going to handle this question. 
and I think I think of Path of Destruction in a lot of ways the same way I think of like the Transformers films, mm. where where I can sit down and I can watch like Age of Extinction, and I can like eat some popcorn, and I can like. And I can just be like, oh, that action scene was really cool. And I can laugh at how, like, utterly insane the scene is where the guy explains why he has, like, a hand-hated card in his pocket at all times explaining the Romeo and Juliet law. Like, and I can... <laughs> it's, a re- it's a real thing in Age of Extinction, everybody. It is. <laughs> and, like, and I can sit there and I can watch it and I can have a really good time. Just like enjoying this like spectacle of a film. And then I can walk out of that room and someone say, Hey Al, is Age of Extinction any good? And I can honestly just be like, No, it's not. Like <laughs> even though I was just really enjoying myself watching Age of Extinction, I cannot honestly tell them that, like, yeah, it's a good movie. And that's kind of how I am with Path of Destruction. Like I can read it. And I can just, like, eat my reading time snacks and just, like, <laughs> chuckle at the utter insanity that is the majority of this book. And I can just, like, and I can just, like, cringe at, like, some of the horrible lines written in it and just have myself a really good time. And then, like, the next day when someone is just like, hey, have you ever read the Darth Bane trilogy? Is it any good? that I can honestly just be like, you know what? Path of Destruction isn't very good now. Like, it's that kind of, like, ugling act I have with this book. So when it comes to the Grand Canon, like, no, probably not. Because when I think of my Grand Canon, I'm trying to keep everything, like, flowing accurately, right? I'm trying to make sure there are no huge inconsistencies or contradictions. And I don't think this book really contradicts anything so far. However, it doesn't really add anything at the same time. I think that's kind of where, like, um, that's that's kind of where the chips fall with this one. In that, like, if I were to construct my grand canon timeline of Star Wars and re-experience everything I've selected to be in it would i really want to go back and reread and like be obligated to reread path of destruction and i don't think i would um even though in my heart of hearts i know i enjoyed it i don't, i don't think it's really worth having in there at the end of the day so um yeah that's kind of where i'm at am i insane am i crazy for that Yes, it, but I still it, love you. Is and, it an and, apt comparison? It is. No, no, you're 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 not wrong. Um, it it's one of those things that it's just it's it's not necessarily so bad that it's good, but it's so it's so weird that you need to you need to experience at least once. Exactly. Like it's one of those situations. Exactly. Um, it's um it's and X. Yes, if you will. To make a comparison to Jason films. It's just like, you know, am I ever going to say that Jason X is good? No, but like, you should watch it. (laughs) 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 You should really watch that one. Oh, man. Yeah, there you go. There you go, everybody. All right, y'all. Well, um, 
this has been a blast. We've been going at it for a while now. I did not expect Path of Destruction to. We, we uh, have. I didn't expect to, to go for this long, but this is incredible. Um, thank you all. And if you made it to the end, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, we have a bunch of cool sh uh, stuff, bunch of cool shows coming out, y'all. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff. Um, it's going to be great. Um, as I said, we're going to be continuing our exploration of the Darth Bane trilogy this month for Sith Lord Summer. Um, Josh and Jacob have, um, um, we're going to bring back an excellent show called Brothers with Issues, where they're going to review um, a bunch of really cool comic book stories um, and talk about them, talk about what they liked, what they didn't like, how they've aged and stuff like that. Um, and as always, we want to hear from you all. We want to hear the shows you want to see. We want to hear the questions you want us to answer. Uh, we have, um, a Phantom Correspondence, um, channel live on Discord. Um, hop on there. You can get there a couple ways. You can get there by subbing the Phantom Correspondence on Twitch, uh, where Jacob does an incredible job, uh, of streaming over there. Um, uh, or you can subscribe to our Patreon as well. Um, it's just a dollar. Um, if you want to hang out with us on there, but, um, either way, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up on whatever you want to, um, because we love to hear from you, but, um, overall, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Uh, up as always, thank you for going on this incredible journey with me of all these of stories. Course. Um, and to everybody out there, just remember that fandom is for everyone, even all y'all out there who love Darth Bane. I'm glad you do, and I want to hear why you do so much, honestly. Um, so uh, please continue to join us on our adventures here, and have a wonderful night. Um, stay safe, and be kind to everybody. You're so vain. You probably think this podcast about you. You're so vain. You probably think this podcast about you, about you. I do not agree to that. I want everybody to know, I was not, I was not privy to that discussion. I thought, I thought Jacob and I were co-hosts of the show, but apparently I'm just a spectator. <laughs> We love you all. Have a good night. <laughs> You're so bane.